All right, welcome to Curious Church Podcast. How's that? Is that good so far? That's great. <laughs> <laughs> classic. I mean, a real That's classic. That's kind of a classic <laughs> welcome. <laughs> so Sam, here's, here's your next mystery to crack, because we actually got another review, <laughs> and this one was from Love Love Bird. <laughs> Oh, okay. Love Love Bird said, thanks guys for a fun, lighthearted, but honest look at this thing we call Christianity. You're welcome. And of course, other topics too. Tongue twisters, note writing, where Tom Petty was born, etc. Keep it up. I'll definitely be back. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Thanks, Love Love Bird. We don't know who Love Love Bird is, but we've got quite the animal collection now of fans. Yeah. We have a real Noah's Ark going on. So if you would like to, I mean, we last time we put it out there that we'd love to get some tongue twisters from our listeners, and we did not get any. No, so we true. will not be saying any tongue twisters this morning. Somewhere. Sometimes people aren't sure how to contact us, maybe. So yeah. curiouschurch at granitesprings.org. You can email tongue twisters there or go to Facebook, facebook.com slash curiouschurch, and you can post on our wall there. Yeah. Now, do we have any more um, comments or any more... Uh, we got some great emails in response and some feedback on our Sabbath episode, oh, which yeah. was great. But we might revisit some of those comments maybe in a future episode. Yeah. And for a long time, Curious Church Podcast was stalled at like 60 subscribers, something like that. Yeah. And recently, we've had a little bump in our mm-hmm. listenership, which we're pretty excited about. Yeah, grateful for. What are we up to now? Actually, yesterday, we hit 89. Okay. Um, and on, along these same lines, can you guys tell me how nice I look today? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, you look great. Uh, yeah. I mean, you've kind of got a kind of sports chic, like yeah, you're wearing shorts, yeah. but yeah. Uh, your watch is really nice. Yeah. You look oh, fresh. Your yeah, hair that's how is a perfect blend of care and unkempt. <laughs> you guys stop it. <laughs> your, your glasses, the frames are yeah. distinctive. There's something, there's something. They make a statement. Yeah. Okay. Now you like when I flex like this. Does that look pretty cool? (laughs) Yeah, that looks really good. Yeah. Have you ever heard of a demigod called Hercules? Because you're reminding me a lot of him right now. No, I haven't heard of him. I'll look him up. Yeah. Okay. Um, And then the other thing is our um, this is our twentieth episode. Wow. Which we never honestly thought we'd get this far. It took us over a year to get to 20 episodes. <laughs> That's a little bit silly. Yeah, it's a little bit. I mean, some people, Aaron was saying he listens to a podcast and they're celebrating their 500th right. episode. Right. They're very faithful. Every week, there's a new one. We just can't do that. Yeah, I don't know what our problem is. <laughs> we can't get our with together. Yeah, yeah. So we're excited about that. Thank you for sticking with us through this past year. Uh, okay, so let's do a little, uh, I know I, it's been a while since we talked, and uh, I know that there's been some anger building up in all of you. Mm. Uh, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. We call this, what's your beef? I like chicken and turkey with cheddar. I like a tofu burger, but bacon is better. So what's your beef? Okay, we don't know what you're talking about right now. <laughs> so, just, so, just, so just tell us your beef, bird. Just. I just wanted to come in kind of the wide. <laughs> yeah, I know, I know. But I, just that was sort of just a meta lay perspective your, on zoom beef. In. Lay your beef on us, Aaron. okay? So I was uh, at the gas station. You guys familiar with gas stations? <laughs> familiar with? Them. Yeah, I love them. Uh, and I wasn't there. I love TV. Just to hang out, I was there to put gas in my car. Oh, funny you should mention TV, Sam. Okay, because 
for reasons that defy explanation, there was on the gas pump a small screen. A screen to keep insects out? No. A screen that was portraying moving images that you were kind of obligated to watch because it was being thrust okay, upon so you're you talking about TV. while you were putting gas in your car. Okay, so He's they're obviously referring to the hit station, GSTV. GSTV. Yeah, gas station TV. Gas station TV. They were screaming at me, bad music. <laughs> they were telling me about the weather two days prior. <laughs> Man, I, I, you forgot. I can't find weather anywhere else in the world. I don't know how else I would know what the weather is. <laughs> Besides the fact that you're outside. Well, it's, a, it's, a, it's a real ministry to people with short-term <laughs> memories. It's just, you know... They're about to call their mom, and mom's going to ask how their how the weather the past week's been, and yeah. I'm just thinking, I don't know. I just am so disappointed that we have to go from one screen to the next all the time. Yeah, gas station TV stop, and it's basically just stop. a conduit conduit for advertising s- stupid things to me. <laughs> don't don't show me more screens. I don't need a crappy little screen on the gas pump. That's all. Thank you, Aaron. Hot beef. That was good. Yeah. I also don't need screens when I'm pumping gas. Uh, my beef has to do with cell phones. Uh, you know, it's like I'm looking at my phone right now. I have the iPhone 6 Plus. A fine, fine A very device. fine device. Yeah. A very fine device. Marvel of modern technology. Marvel of modern technology. <laughs> Minimalist styling. Minimalist styling. <laughs> Engineering masterpiece. Engineering masterpiece. So here's the thing. I don't need, you know, it's time for a cell phone upgrade. And it's kind of like, it's not a suggestion. I, I kind of have to do this. Because in, in a couple of years, if I keep my phone, because my phone works fine, it works great. But if I don't upgrade, they keep upgrading the software. And then what happens is my phone doesn't work anymore. So it's not a suggestion to upgrade. It's like I kind of have to upgrade. And I don't really want to upgrade. I mean, I kind of do. But do I? <laughs> not if you're going to make me do it. Did you see an ad for the new iPhone on gas station TV? <laughs> <laughs> so anyways, it's just kind of my beef is like, you know, this kind of built-in obsolescence. Yeah. Obsolescence? Yeah. 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 It's just, It's wasteful. It's wasteful. Come yeah. on. My phone works great. Everything works great. The camera's great. Texting's great. Podcasts are great. Email's great. Just let it be great. My let apps are great. great. Everything works great. Right. This thing is more powerful than what they had on the the first mission to the moon. Like the Apollo space capsule. The, my cell phone is more powerful than the capsule. Mm. Isn't that good enough, people? Oh. Wow. I never thought about that you way, Sam. really gave us something to think about. Well, We're always so dissatisfied, aren't we? You should hang on to it. <laughs> I don't know what to say. I'm not mad anymore. I'm just sad now. Wow. Oh, okay, yeah, I'll give you beef. something to be mad about. Here's my beef. <laughs> we hear periodically in the news about collusion. Okay. And collusion between corporate companies. Mm. And I believe that that very thing might be happening in Rockland, California. <laughs> and here's why. Recently... I needed air in one of my tires. One of my tires has a slow leak that I haven't taken care of, so I put in air about once a month. Should take care of the leak. Should do that. Mm-hmm. Haven't done that. My own indecisiveness on that's another beef. 
for a self-loathing uh, self-loathing <laughs> segment. But anyway, I went to I went to 7-Eleven, always had free air, always taking care of me. Really nice people, I'm sure, are inside, but I don't have to talk to them to get my air. Lovely setup. Press the button, machine works to life. I take the nozzle, put it on the tire valve, start putting in air. <laughs> Look at the gauge. Nothing's coming. Nothing, there's no change. I do it a little bit more. Look at the gauge again. Is that a little bit lower? I ask myself. Go around to another tire. Do it again. Oh my goodness, it is getting lower. I quickly realized that the air I thought I was putting in for free, I was letting out for free. This is a 7-Eleven. I'm on my way to the courthouse to report in for jury duty. little stress right now. Temperature rising. Starting to sweat a little yeah. bit. Might be yep. late. BO starting to come out a little bit. So I'm like, where's yeah. the closest place? Staining staining the shirt where's, yeah, with sweat. Thank goodness I'm wearing an undershirt at this point. Thinking, where's the closest place I can actually put air in my tires? First place that comes to my Safeway just down the street. Go down to Safeway. Oh, thank goodness they do have an air machine. It's going to take credit card. Oh, wait. Why do I why do I care if it takes credit card? Oh, because here it costs money. A dollar fifty to put air in my tires. Sure enough, it worked. Grateful for that. Thanks, Safeway. But here's my question for an, a young investigative reporter who's just looking to kind of cut their teeth on a on a juicy story of corporate fat cats colluding together. <laughs> Safeway and seven eleven. I think they might be splitting the cash. 7-Eleven, you let the air out of your tires, make them flat, go down, pay for the air in another place. That's yep. my beef. All right, we're going to do a little segment here called My List. It, these are basically, you know, whoever turn, whoever's turn it is, it's like your top five favorite things. So today we have Aaron doing his top five oh, hi, everybody. favorite things. Aaron, I'm excited about this. Tell us your list. I had some trouble figuring out what to what to list, but um, I went for something that's near and dear to my heart, which is the Gray Salter Hymnal. Oh, okay. I need context. What's the Gray Salter Hymnal? The Salter Hymnal is a hymn, the hymn book of the Christian Reformed Church. Maybe do other denominations use it? I don't think so. Um, and the most recent one is great. Well, no, the most recent one is uh, Lift Up Your Hearts. But the, like the old school Psalter, the most recent one is great. And that was from like yeah. the 90s. Yeah. Hmm, I should know this. Oh, before you go, before you go on, uh, you keep hitting your paper. I don't know if you want those sounds in the podcast. <laughs> I, don't know if, I don't know if you want, because when you're talking, you're like, so I you, think you won't be able to get those out. Yeah, when you hear... When you hear reporters uh, like on the okay, okay, radio, okay. they're yeah. like going like this. Okay. Oh, this this just in. Beep, 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 beep. That's what I'm doing. So you're gonna do your f- my your top five s- songs that are no longer in there. No, that do appear. Oh, in the gray salt. Just your top five. My top five. Yeah, and you get to sing. I'll, I'll sing them. <laughs> I would love it. I would absolutely love it. I'll try. I'll try. You know, if I know hopefully them. you know them all. <clears throat> if you can't do it. I'll do I'd it. be curious if you know these. Okay, number five. Beautiful Savior. Beautiful Savior. That's the one. That's good. Wow, great yeah, job. Great. It's got a special little place in my heart, not only because I really like it, but... Don't put that singing in the podcast. <laughs> Please take it out. <laughs> Edit that out. No. Yes. We'll see. La, 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 la. <laughs> Edit out. <laughs> Are you trying to, try to ruin the whole thing by going la, 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 la? He can edit that part out. 
<laughs> Matt, you're going to sing this next one. You're going to sing this next one. I'm going to sabotage your whole list my, if you don't take it out. I had the solo beautiful savior for my audition for uh, uh, Campus Choir when, I was, in, when I was in college. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. So that's number five. Number four. I'm not going to sing them all because we got to Okay, okay. Number four, uh, When Peace Like a River, which is also uh, It Is Well With My Soul. Yep. When peace when like a river attendeth my way. Wow, that was way better you than Sam's. You sing so much so better than I do. was way better. <laughs> and it's got the echo <laughs> part like in the chorus. Way it is well, it is well. That part? Yeah, it's yeah. Great. Kind of echo yeah. thing, whatever. Male, female. A lot of times male, female split yeah. up on that part. Yeah. That's also silly, the whole male, female splitting up. I don't know. I kind of think you it's like cool. You like it? Yeah. Yeah. Maybe we cool. can do old and young. Maybe it's good. Old and young. <laughs> over, <laughs> over 30 over or 30. under 30. <laughs> okay, number three. Um, uh, this is okay. So this is loved. This is, and it's actually in the Psalter twice because Ooh. uses the same um, tune, the same melody. Love divine, all loves excelling. Da 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 da. So um, there's also I will sing of my redeemer. If I will sing of my redeemer, but love divine all loves excelling is Charles Wesley. But you got to go with Charles yeah, Wesley. Yeah, yeah. Solid, yeah, solid, solid choice. Okay, solid. Number two, the doxology. Praise God from whom all blessings flow. Oh. These are your like, five favorite songs from the gray Psalter hymnal. Yeah. yeah. These are your top five. Yeah. Okay. Is it just now sinking in how big of a deal this is? Yes, it is. <laughs> five favorite songs from a it is, book. It's hard to choose. From a book of how many songs? 400? How yeah, many are Five or six. Okay. So, yeah. So you're going doxology. I'm going doxology. What's wrong with the? You're saying that like a beautiful tune. The doxology is, is the one for you that was like, why is this on your list? Do you have something against the doxology? <laughs> no, no, I liked yeah. it. I like yeah, it, okay. but there's a lot of good songs a solid in there. Choice. There are, you know, you know, like any list, you gotta if you gotta boil it down to five, you know, some things are gonna get cut. Yeah. So some things got cut to make room for mm-hmm. old one hundred. Is that nice. number one hundred? No, it's just called. That's the name of the tune, I think. Oh, oh. Mm. oh hundred. Cool. Okay, um, number one. Whoa, we're at number one already. Yeah, this is a little okay. So this is a little bit of a cheat because Ooh. one of my favorite, probably my favorite hymn of all times is all time is "Be Still My Soul." Be still my soul, the Lord is on thy side. You know that one? Maybe it's a tune. The tune is Finlandia, Finlandia? by Jean Sibelius, and was, he wrote it in eighteen ninety nine. And Be Still My Soul does not appear in the Gray Psalter, although it appears in lots of other hymnals. And I don't know why. But there is, I sought the Lord and afterward I knew, which is the same tune, tune. slightly different lyrics. But Be Still is from the 1750s, and this is a a little newer version that appears in the Psalter. So anyway, it's kind of a cheat, but Be Still My Soul. That Finland. So is it, but that was, is but it that the that was tune not or there. is it the words? It's the words be to be still with a tune. Finlandia. Okay, so let's get this straight. I told you I was cheating. Okay, okay, let's get this straight. Okay, he just did his top five favorite songs from the Gray Salter hymnal. Number one, <laughs> number one is not, is not even in it. What? I'm sure it was an oversight by the committee who put this together. And uh, if my friend Emily Brink is listening, all is forgiven. 
But be still my soul really should have been in the grace altar. Wow. It's that kind of grace that just permeates this podcast. Yep. So now let's, I'm going to do a beatbox and you're going to do one of the hymns. Okay. And, okay, ready? Yeah. Uh, okay, here a couple we go. of these are in three, so that's going to be trickier. Like, what do you mean? In, like, like, like in three, four? I don't know what that means. It means <laughs> three beats to a bar. Okay, so how do I do that? You can do just <laughs> do whatever. One, two, I'll three, see if Okay, you're back and four, but that's okay. Am I? Is that four? Oh. Okay, good. That's kind of a six, eight, but that might work. Are you serious? Yeah. Well, how do you do three, four? Then? Six, eight is good. So this Just would be like, Oh, divine, all love's excelling. I don't remember the rest of this verse. <laughs> wow. As a bystander, that was very impressive. Really? Was it? It sounded great to me. Like I can't who? do Aaron or me? Those, both of you together. Oh, I can't really? do either Should of Should we try another things. one? No. Yeah, let's do it. Let's move on. <laughs> <laughs> okay, pick one more. Yeah, one more. <laughs> <clears throat> When peace like a river attendeth my way, when sorrows like sea billows roll, add some mat. Whatever my lot, thou hast taught me to say, it is well. It is well with my soul. Now, wrap it. Ready? <laughs> okay, ready. Wrap it. Here yeah. we go. <laughs> okay, that's enough. That's good. That's good. That's kind of uh, fun. Cool. Okay. Right. Nice fun. Try to mix it up. All right, ready to do our convo? Yeah. Okay, let's do it. What are we talking about today? So... So, Matt, you were at Disney World mm-hmm. a few weeks ago, and um, it was a wonderful experience. You loved it. Yeah. But that got you thinking a little bit, because you were observing while you were there. You were thinking. You weren't just having fun, but you were, like, critiquing, analyzing, like, being a thoughtful, engaged Christian in the world. Trying, yeah. <laughs> you Did weren't you? just mindlessly consuming. But most of the time, but every now and then <laughs> I would come out for little pockets of thought. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Anyway, so you just, so, so kind of share a thought with us that you had about. Yeah, sure. So maybe to set up the whole conversation, one of the things I wanted to talk about was um, to think about the idea of authenticity and particularly with respect to the church. But where that came up from my Disney World experience was actually what happened while I was at Disney World was the Las Vegas shooting. And so uh, you have on my phone the news blowing up about this horrible tragedy. Um, and obviously Twitter and Facebook and all of this stuff sort of happening. And then I'm going to Epcot. Mm-hmm. And there's no, there's no news in Disney World. There's, no, there's not really no sense almost of the outside world. Like the Closest, no clocks. The closest, clocks? Uh, there might be clocks in some places. It, yeah, there are clocks because they tell you when to sort of come back to get in line oh, to okay. go on a ride. <laughs> so there are those clocks. Uh, but the closest thing, right, that you're getting to the outside world is like um, previews of future movies that Disney is doing. Yeah. Um, and so it was this interesting thing to engage 
the Disney World experience and know like outside of this place. There was this whole other thing going on. But what was maybe like another layer, like that's just one thing. That's just to say that two things are different in the same time. I think what was interesting though is that the Disney experience could still be successful. Like I still enjoyed it. And like some of that was a little fraught because it was like, should I be enjoying it? But like it's so sort of over the top as an experience, it just kind of starts blocking out in a sense, the outside world. So as I kind of came back and was thinking about some of that experience, one of my questions was, as I think about the church, um, and in some sense, we might say like Disneyland, Disney World, Disneyland, doesn't matter really. It's kind of really inauthentic in a sense. Like it's not, it's not bringing in the outside world. It's not telling the truth about what's happening in the world. It's sort of this utopian vision. It's like, should the church be sort of the antidote to that and sort of the sense that it should be really authentic. Like what you see at church is what you get. Like we're going to be truth tellers about all of reality or should the church sort of maybe actually be willing to engage in some of this, what we might call inauthenticity in the sense of presenting a vision. Like the church has its own vision of how we think the world should be and inspiring and drawing people towards that. Yeah. Yeah. So, can, does having vision mean casting aside uh, authenticity? Does it mean sort of ignoring the reality or the dark places or the, um, yeah, or just kind of the, the negativity in mm-hmm. our lives? Because a vision generally is going to include sort of a, a what, what things should be like. Um, so I'm just curious about that. Well, I think it's, I mean, you know, what happens on a Sunday morning like we're kind of bet- we're between we're between things, mm-hmm. so it's like we're waiting for Jesus to come back. So we're kind of in a posture of waiting, and always pointing to His coming back and mm-hmm. talking about what it's going to be like, and the work that Christ is doing in that in between time, a reconciliation kind of work. So we're always kind of like casting vision of like here's what's happening and here's where history is going and here's what's what it's what it might look like and so we're always living into that vision mm-hmm. um so we're looking forward and we're living into that kingdom uh reality but at the same time we know that we're not there yet like it's not complete it's not full and so we're also super honest about where we're currently at and the brokenness in our world. So it's unlike Disneyland in that sense because we're super honest about the brokenness. Where Disneyland, Disney World, I don't know, is is there brokenness? Are they being honest about the world? Is it an enclave? (laughs) Do they make all your cell phones like not work as soon as you get in the perimeter? not, Not quite, but I have heard before, and this might be sort of, you know, the rumor mill that actually like no one dies at Disneyland. Like if they die, they're not pronounced dead until they are taken out of the park. As a way to like, uh, I, I, I can't speak. I didn't fact check that before saying it, but I've heard that before, which is even if it's not true speaks, at least like the fact that the rumor exists speaks to sort of the mentality. Yeah. I guess yeah. like my, my question maybe is, because I think the vision piece is right. Are there times when we would anticipate or want to so live into the kingdom, like you're saying, or are there times where that's helpful in a sense to almost put away 
the darkness or whatever i mean whatever we might call that does that make sense mm -hmm. like i'm i'm wondering like whether it's a sunday morning or another context like are there times when we get close enough to the kingdom that for an outsider looking in it would appear inauthentic but actually that's like a really important part of how we live into faith i don't know mm -hmm. what do you think well i think so i mean part of one of the things I learned in seminary was a counseling, um, I don't want to call it a technique, but a certain method where you help people imagine that things can be different mm. than they currently are. So it's called, I forget what it's called, the magical question or something like that. But the whole thing is people come into counseling session and there's a problem. There's something that they're struggling with. And you simply ask them, if you woke up tomorrow morning and this thing, whatever it is that you're struggling with is gone, it's healed. It's, you know, how would people know? Like, like how, like what would change? So tomorrow morning mm -hmm. you wake up, this thing is gone. Now walk through your day and what would be different about your day? How would people know that this thing is gone or healed? And so then you, you, it's really an imagination exercise where you're, you're helping them with their imagination to live in a, into a different reality. Now, some things you can't fix, but sometimes you can make, you know, subtle adjustments or changes. But the key thing is at the end of that exercise, you ask them, now, how likely is it that you'll make some of these adjustments on a scale from one to 10? And sometimes people say, well, I'm not really, I'm not there yet. I'm mm -hmm. not motivated. Mm -hmm. So two. But sometimes people will say like eight or nine. Like I really want, now that I've seen what can be possible through the imagination, imagination exercise, they're more motivated to make the changes to make that reality happen. So, I mean, that's, that's kind of what we're doing on a Sunday morning yeah. or, or any kind of ministry is we're always helping people with their imagination. And we're a lot of times doing this through words, mm -hmm. but painting pictures of what will be or what could be because of the spirit or because of hope or because of you know, a changed, transformed heart or because mm. of a new community where the spirit's at work. So a lot of it is, it, it, it's kind of like Disneyland in some sense, where we're asking people to, in some sorts, in some sense, embrace magic or engage their imaginations mm. or suspend their disbelief yeah. and for an hour on a Sunday morning to believe or to pretend like they believe. <laughs> you know, what does that feel yeah. like? And so that's, that's kind of what Dis Disney has walked through these doors and enter an, a kingdom. And is it fake? Is it plastic? Yeah. But they're asking you to kind of see beyond all that stuff and to really participate in this magical kingdom. I think, I think that's just, see, so this is, I think you're getting exactly at some of the tension that I feel here because I feel like authenticity is maybe like a really... Uh, I don't, it feels like a really hip kind of mark of the church right now. Like if you're like a church planner or something and you want to reach maybe the millennial demographic, like you want to be an authentic church where people come and like you are who you are and that's fine. And that's, that contrasts a little bit. We want to hold on to some of that, like recognizing, but it's so interesting, some of your language where it's like, pretend to be someone you're not for an hour. Like maybe pretend, <laughs> but like in, is in that a sense, what you said? I mean, but in a sense, you're saying like, um, yeah. imagine what it would be like to be someone who believes if you yeah. don't believe, like we're inviting you okay. to come and imagine or pre pretend even like, yeah. don't, 
like in some sense, that's like not authentic. If you don't believe to invite someone to like, hey, come and try believing, even if it's a little inauthentic. It's just a really different kind of vision of what's yeah. going on. This is a, in a sense, this is a safe place for you to try to believe, right? I think that's what we try mm -hmm. to do as much as possible is say, hey, you don't have to be, you don't have to be a Disney fan to come in the door, <laughs> but come in, check it out and try it. And I think you'll find that this is something, this is a life you can live, right? Yeah. I mean, we, I think we always want to um, seek renewal. And so mm -hmm. I, in my, in my mind, authenticity, I'm, I'm more defining it as uh, looking at like seeking renewal, seeking um, the way th things should be, mm. and but also acknowledging acknowledging suffering, acknowledging sin and and darkness, and saying you know the cries of how long, O oh Lord, I think mm -hmm. are integral part of mm. what should be happening at church, mm -hmm. which is I think what Disney wants to be an escape from, which is understandable, yeah, right? Yeah, like yeah. there's just so much suffering. It's like maybe this can be a little a little place where. That's not happening where nobody dies. Right. Yeah, 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 right. <laughs> well, I think too about authenticity. For me, it's, it's the sense of we want to be honest about where we're at. Mm -hmm. So I think that's really important. Like authenticity is, is somehow connected to honesty. So we want to be honest where we're at, but the Christian faith is always calling us forward. It's kind of pulling us to a new vision. And so it's like we're honest about where we're at, but at the same time realize that we're being drawn or pulled to become more or to become even more authentically ourselves, mm. which is really interesting. So the Bible then talk about what it what it looks like to be in Christ or to be you know, your truest self, right? which may feel inauthentic mm -hmm. to some people because they say, well, that's not me. Well, that's not you yet. <laughs> yeah. Right? And it's like yeah. the same thing with like the creeds where it's like we recite the Apostles' Creed and people might say, well, I don't want to say it because I'm not sure I believe all that stuff. So if I say it, that's I'm being fake. I'm being inauthentic. Yeah, right. But the creed is always bigger than us. Hmm. It's always like we're, we're with the, uh, the person who said to Jesus, um, I believe, help my unbelief. Yeah. And we're kind of always in that space where it's like, the Apostles' Creed, the truths of the Christian faith, they're always too big for us. It's like we're trying on clothes that are just too big and they feel awkward. Yeah. But every Sunday we invite people to try try on the creed and to say with, uh, with that person, I believe, help my unbelief. I think in worship that happens all over the place. Anytime we're doing something corporately, there's going to be a piece where you're like, what? <laughs> what am I singing? Uh -huh. What am I praying? Yeah. What am I saying? What am I confessing? <laughs> right. And you, do, you have to kind of have to go with it and understand it. And like you're saying, it's like you, you might not come into this immediately. Every word is you're on the same page, but um, these are generally time-tested words and ideas and uh, parts of what it means to have faith. So, you know, get on, get on board. Mm. I like maybe uh, this idea that Christian authenticity has a dual nature to it. Like there's brokenness in it, but there's also, it's not just the reality that like one day, you will be saved, but it's like the in Christ language, I think is what you were saying kind of yeah. resonated with this. Like you're already in Christ. So it's like, you already have these clothes on mm -hmm. and they don't fit, but they also fit perfectly. Yeah. Right. It's kind of this, <laughs> and the Eucharist kind of seems like maybe this like really helpful image in this sense. Like it is broken body and blood, 
poured out. It's like a symbol of brokenness. And yet, in some sense, when you take that, it is the height of like union with God. And it's true right then. Mm-hmm. Whether you like identify that, feel it, like there's something about it. I mean, some of this depends on your theology around it. But like there's something, hap- I think there's something happening there that has both that kind of, simul- there's a simultaneity to those happening, which is just like very different than an authent- a vision of authenticity that says like, you just, you are what you are, or maybe a better way to put it is you are what you feel you are, right? Mm-hmm. Like Christian authenticity pushes back on that. Like you might not feel like you're in Christ, but the declaration of God is like, you're in Christ. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. And that's, so maybe that's some of the, like as a church, what we then try to bring into our experience, like both of those, like they're true. God speaks both of those over us. Mm-hmm. I like the idea of you are someone you don't even know you are yet mm-hmm. and may never really fully understand. Right. Yeah. So like so, some of our conversations sometimes are so much like ideas. If you're... Well, all of us are also listeners since we're having this conversation. But for listeners, I just, can't stand this podcast. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thinking like more practically, like what does it look like then to maybe try to ex- like model or experience this sort of Christian authenticity or a different kind of authenticity? Yeah, you know, I think if you if you're coming to church or you're participating in a worship service, um, part of it is bringing with you know, carrying this willingness to acknowledge where you're at, to be honest about where you're at this morning, but then to allow yourself to step into maybe a larger world and a longer story and maybe a deeper truth. So you just carry that, like that, that maybe how I feel isn't the end all of, of, of how it is. Like maybe my personal authenticity statement, whatever that <laughs> is that morning, it's maybe, it's, it's maybe, maybe that's a small piece of a much larger story that, that I'm being asked to step, I'm being asked to step into. Hmm. And, and to even sometimes if you're coming to church and you're filled with doubts, um, Kevin Adams said this, maybe be willing to doubt your doubts, hmm. which I think is interesting because we give our doubts so much credit. But when we stop, step into this larger world of God's kingdom and the vision of the good news and the reconciliation it brings, maybe we need to doubt our doubts a little bit, suspend yeah. our doubts, well, and maybe embrace belief, even if it's for an hour. So I, I just I want to say being authentic is really important, like the work that I do with people in personal conversations and mentoring. I mean, I really want them to be honest. I yeah, want them to yeah, be yeah. their authentic selves. That's a good place to start. But I, I can't just leave people there. We're always talking about the ways that God is at work, the way that God is calling us forward, the way that God is moving in us. Mm-hmm. So yeah, like Matt was saying, it's kind of this, it's this interesting thing where we want people to be honest about who they are and where they're at, but maybe to, you know, maybe leave that at the door in some sense, like walk in, acknowledge that's how you feel, that's who you are, but then walk through the doors and be willing to embrace kind of a more colorful vision of the future, maybe. And yeah. a corporate one, too. Like yeah, and a, a corporate where, one. Where we're all going to be in this together. Yeah. yeah. I think 
you know, when you go to like a, or have some kind of utopian experience like Disneyland, like one of the questions uh, that I think that place is trying to create is like, what if this was real? What if this was true? What if this was what life was like? And I think what you're saying, Sam, is essentially like bring that same question to your experience of faith. Like in mornings that you have doubt, like you walk through the doors and the question is for the next hour, what if this was true? Well, what if a, it was true? That's a wrap. Uh, it's been great hanging with you guys this morning. <laughs> Kicking it. I'm Sam. I'm Aaron. I'm Matt. Thanks for being curious with us.